I've heard people in the church world say, love the person, hate the sin, and I've thought that sounded right. But on October the 13th, 2021, God corrected me on my thinking. Because you can think it sounds right, and you can take up what they're saying, but that doesn't mean it's right or you're right. We want to align ourselves with what God thinks. And here's what God brought to my attention after showing me this. We see the outward appearance of that person. We see what they basically want us to see. They try to make their life seem good. They try to make what they do seem good to us when they speak to us. They dress well and try to attract us to their appearance by their outward appearance. God warned the prophet Samuel, look not on the appearance of man, but on the heart. God looks on the heart of man. We see by what they are doing, we see whether or not God has turned them over to vile affections. Because he spells it out very clearly in Romans 1 that some are turned over to vile affections. Well, God has seen what they're doing in private. God knows what is in their hearts. And somehow they have offended God so much that he gave them up unto vile affections and turned them over to a reprobate mind. That's what Romans 1 shows us. We'll start reading at verse 21. As the servant of God, as the human being, we cannot be God. We accept what God has said in the Holy Bible, which is our doctrine for the New Testament church. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Look at what God is really saying here. All scriptures inspired by God. Paul spoke this, but it's inspired by God. It's profitable for us to use to correct our thinking. Romans 1, start at verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now, how did they do that? Well, they look at the mountain and they rejoice over the mountain, but they don't rejoice over the creator of the mountain. They don't rejoice over the scriptures, though they attend church often and think they are Christians and represent themselves to others 
as being Christians because of their membership in a certain church. Well, because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So you don't know what their heart is doing. You don't know what they really think. You only know the appearance that they make to you. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image make like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up unto uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Let's reread that verse 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26, For this cause, for this reason, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God has judged them, and he shows us his judgment by the scriptures. So when a homosexual or a lesbian comes across our path and reveals to us that they are homosexual or lesbian, we know that they've already been given by God over to vile affections and that these are vile affections. And verse 25 says, He gave them over because they changed the truth of God into a lie. Somehow they've done that before God and he judged them. Therefore, we cannot afford to continue to say how good they are or they really are well-meaning or anything like that. We simply have to acknowledge that person has been turned over by God for what he has done. God knows his heart. We do not. We simply 
accept the fact that God has turned that person over to vile affections and a reprobate mind, basically meaning a mind without God's judgment. And we just walk away. Leave it alone. Accept that all judgments of God are true and good and right. Set ourselves in accordance with God, agreeing with God, praising God. The angels did that in Revelation. And when God judged the people in Revelation, and the blood flowed, and the judgments came, and God gave them blood to drink by turning the rivers into blood in the book of Revelation at the end times. The angels said, Just, true and just are your judgments, God, because they have slain the prophets and killed the prophets, and it's very right that they would have to drink blood. The angels set themselves in agreement with God's judgment, praising God for the judgments he made in the situation. We must not turn against God's judgments by our own fleshly minds. We simply accept what the Bible says. It's true. This is the reason for homosexuals and lesbians. God gave them up unto vile affections. Exactly the way it says in Romans 1. And when someone says to us, do you support gays and lesbians? As a woman said to me not long ago, one of our neighbors said that to me. I said, "Uh, no, I don't think so. And later, God had me send her these scriptures. I was so shocked by her question that really I couldn't even respond other than say, no, I don't think so. Most of the time, we will directly tell them if they bring up the subject and ask us. We will read this scripture to them. Read the whole scripture to them. Start at approximately verse 21 of Romans 1 and read the scripture. For it is not my opinion. It's not what I think. It's what God says. And therefore, it's true. If it's what I think, it may or may not be in accordance with God. I hope it's in accordance with God. But if you read the scripture, it's what God is saying. Paul said in Romans 12, verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, to what they think. Don't let your mind be conformed to them, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, the New Testament Bible. Set your thinking by the New Testament Bible. It's simply what God has said that we are speaking. 
and we make it clear this is what God says on the subject and then read the correct portion of the Bible to them. If they ask about divorcee marriage, read the Bible to them on the subject. If they ask, what do you think about gays and lesbians? Do you support them? Read the Bible to them. Now, I never call a homosexual the word gay. I call them homosexuals. But they often call themselves gay and other people say gay because that sounds better than the word homosexual. Personally, I think the word lesbian sounds awful. But they've left that word in their thinking. But they remove the word homosexual. Well, we haven't removed the word homosexual because that's what God says they are. In the Old Testament, the men were called Sodomites named after the city of Sodom, who was famous for homosexuals and destroyed by God because of their wickedness. And throughout the Bible, in the Old Testament, homosexuals are referred to as Sodomites. In the New Testament, we see the word effeminate, and I think that means homosexual. That is in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. The Apostle Paul says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, And I think the word effeminate has to be referring to homosexuals. Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. And if you have done or have in the past any of these acts that are defined by Paul in the Bible, you stopped doing them when you were born again and you no longer do those things and you tell the truth to other people. Man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. The divorced woman who remarries after divorce commits adultery. That's what the Bible shows us. There are numerous scriptures on this one. So if you have done this sin, you no longer approve yourself. You simply tell other people, this is what the Bible says, and when I remarried, I committed adultery. I didn't know it was adultery. I have since turned from it and repented, and I urge you not to do adultery by marrying after you're divorced. Now, where do we read that in the Bible? 1 Corinthians 7, verse 39. 
Paul says the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. Romans chapter 7 verses 2 and 3. Paul says, by the inspiration of God and the authority of God. Verse 2. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man. She shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Romans chapter 7, verses 2 and 3. Jesus said in Mark 10, verse Five, for the hardness of your heart, Moses wrote you this precept, allowing you to divorce your wives, because your heart was hardened against your wife. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain but one flesh. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul is warning the men not to have sex with a harlot, with a prostitute. For if they do this, they become one flesh. We know by that section of scripture that at the time of sexual intercourse, the two people become one flesh even if they're not married, even if it's sex with a prostitute. You become one flesh at the time of sexual intercourse. So Paul says, don't do that. Paul says, all sins are without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Fornication is a sin different from all other sins. Back to Mark 10. But from the beginning of the creation, says Jesus, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. God joined them together by causing them to become one flesh at the time of sexual intercourse. You can go to the U.S. courts and be divorced. But your divorce papers do not remove the fact that you're one flesh. You can say to your hand, I don't like my little finger anymore. Well, it's still there. And the only way to get rid of it is to cut it off and let it die. 
Only by death are you separated from one flesh. I don't know the penalties that come in life when people have casual sex, but it has to be horrible. There's some type of fragmentation with that person that I don't believe they can ever get it back. They can be forgiven for sins. But this hangs over a person. At least I think so. It's my judgment that it does. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And Jesus saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. There is one scriptural divorce where a man can divorce his wife. One reason. Matthew chapter 5 verse 32, Jesus tells us the following. Jesus is speaking to the men. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. We had a man in our church group who filed divorce papers in the U.S. courts against his wife. When I heard about it, I called him. And I said, was your wife unfaithful? And he said, no. And I said, the only scriptural form of divorce is if your wife has been unfaithful. Jesus said that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. If she goes out and remarries, she commits adultery, and the husband is then the cause of her adultery, although she still committed adultery. And whosoever shall bury her that is divorced committeth adultery. Sometimes women think they can go out and remarry after a divorce because of this one scripture, but that's not true. They deceive themselves. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 10 and 11, Paul says this is a commandment of the Lord for the women in the New Testament church. Let's read that. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 10 and 11. Paul says, And unto the married I command, Yet not I, but the Lord. This is a commandment of the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. 
We must not set ourselves up against the word of God, the thinking of God, the judgment of God. And we know the judgment of God by what the Bible, the New Testament Bible shows us and says to us. Well, when I saw that I was putting myself into thinking, well, I really like that person, even if they're homosexual or lesbian. When I saw that God had judged them, that he saw their inner heart and I did not, I saw what they were showing me. When I saw I was doing this, I repented and turned from my thinking that they that I really liked them. And I turned to the understanding that homosexuals and lesbians have been turned by God into vile affections, as the Bible says. God's already judged them. And it was because of what they were doing that they turned the truth of God into a lie. See, I don't know that part. I don't see their heart. I don't know what they've done in the past. But when they admit to me they are homosexuals or lesbians, I know they've been turned over by God to vile affections because somehow they offended God by setting up something in their heart that was a lie concerning God. Because that's what I see in Romans 1. So God judged them. Well, I can't turn against the judgment of God concerning them. I have to align myself with God. I must accept that God is always right in his judgment. God sees all and knows all and knows their private acts and their private thoughts, and we do not. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, the Lord said unto Samuel the prophet, Look not on his countenance, nor on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So in the future, I have purposed to recognize when I see a homosexual or lesbian or a person who has a reprobate mind, no judgment, to think on this. That individual did something which caused God to turn him over to vile affections, or a reprobate mind. God's judgment is always correct. So I set myself to agree with God's judgments rather than overturning the judgment of God by my own thinking. It's always, what does God say in the Bible, in the New Testament, about this subject. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to what God says in the New Testament Bible and set yourself in agreement with what God shows 
about the situation. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.